Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey folks, I am Eric Copeland of Make Music Income and I work full-time as a music composer, educator, and producer. And as always, I am joined here on the podcast by my friend Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy, and he is also a full-time music composer and producer. And this is our 30th episode. (laughs) And at some point, there will be like effects if you can't if you're watching this podcast there's like huge effects going on right now we've got like fireworks and stuff going on (laughs) let's just tell them we have it (laughs) there's tons of confetti just streaming down now uh this is our 30th episode and i decided to commemorate this january january i decided to create sorry i don't know where that came from in my script uh i decided to commemorate this with uh an episode entitled 30 Things You Can Do to Make More Music Income. Yeah, we talk a lot about music licensing on our channels, but there are so many ways to make music income with your music, and that is the very essence of this channel. Mm -hmm. So much of what we're gonna talk about today comes from my uh, ebook, 50 Ways to Make Music Income, which you can download for free at makemusicincome.com slash 50 ways you can find that link below and speaking of ebooks if you are interested in getting your music to stock music sites i've just released uh, at least my first official ebook for sale from make music income it's called the stock market where why and how to submit your music to stock music licensing this ebook is a comprehensive compendium of knowledge that's nice word very that sounded very official. Uh, I've accumulated with uh, working with 100 to 200 songs in over 20 libraries, my experience with them, my <clears throat> thoughts about them, and direct links to each sign-up page so you can try your music at these libraries. You can also find more information about that ebook below at makemusicincome.com slash stockmarket. And there will be a link in the podcast notes and the video description to go and check that out. See the chapter titles and other info about the book. So super excited about that. But before we get into the 30 ways to make music income, as always, let's talk about what two full-time goofballs trying to make all their income in music to support their households Steve, what's going on in the great wet north up there in Canada? Who, who are you calling goofball, buddy? <laughs> Mainly me. I'm definitely a goofball. Um, hey, you know what? It is not, it's not wet up here in the oh, great north. Uh, sunny? It is sunny. It fi- summer finally arrived. Uh, it is hot in my room right now. I might have to get the AC going uh, sometime soon. Yeah, about... It's almost 30 degrees today, Celsius. I don't know. Most most listeners were probably like, what is Celsius? <laughs> What's a Celsius? <laughs> what is, um, well, it's hot for me. Maybe in Europe they use Celsius. I don't, I don't know, know if they do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, things are going well up here in Canada. I'm working on uh, two recording projects right now. Both are EPs, meaning you know five, six tracks at the most. Uh, one is a, is a collection of ambient cinematic music, and the other is uh, folk singer-songwriter uh, music with lyrics and, and all that stuff. So uh, that's what's going on right now. It's the, the, the main thing I'm focusing on. A um, bit of a content ID update. I have, yeah, we both got a new um, statement from Identify. And Let's talk about that when we get, because uh, content ID is going to be one of my 30 things. And so maybe we'll... T- oh, okay, we we'll can talk keep, about that later, yeah. We'll keep people guessing on that. that okay. Our first, very <clears throat> first content ID update, because Steve and I both started pretty much at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've kind of got our first incomes to talk about from that. Yeah, something so, meaning, something more meaningful than the three cents I got on my first... Uh, my first, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back. You'll to want that. to wait with bated breath about that. 
Um, I pitched a song to Taxi the other day, which I haven't done in quite a while. One of the members of the Academy was asking me to uh, share some thoughts about pitching uh, and interpreting briefs, whether it be from Taxi or Song Trader or wherever. Um, and I used an example from Taxi and uh, it just coincidentally uh, you know, worked out that the, the, the example I used, I just happened to have a track that was, you know, uh, really well suited to that to that brief. Um, so I pitched it, you know, I said, what the heck? And um, that track is actually uh, is is going to be the next course. It's going to be July's uh, course for the Academy, which is basically like riff rock. I call it riff rock. Um, I've heard other people call it swagger rock. And it's basically kind of like, you know what I'm you know, the, the style it's like. It's like, you know, those those big epic stadium riffs and the, the tracks kind of mm -hmm. built around those motifs. And there's usually like a like a hey or like, whoa, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really popular with like sports licensing, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So um, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, going to be ready to go July 1st at uh, Production Music Academy. Check that out at uh, productionmusicacademy.com. Uh, meanwhile, I'm also working on some new hip-hop material, but this is actually kind of interesting because it's not lo-fi. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, one of the Academy members submitted a track uh, for personal feedback, which is one of the things I do in the Academy, of course. And uh, her track was this like really up-tempo, um, like high-energy hip-hop track, which is something that I heard a lot of on Audio Jungle back in the day. And there was one author in particular, this guy called Coffee Music. Um, who wrote just the most killer like hip hop and it's like not lo-fi at all right it's like super high energy and it, it to me it's very 90s inspired um, lots of scratching like really really heavy you know beats um, very like you know uh, very sampled like you know like quick samples and and just and in the in the 90 to 100 BPM range um, and I realized that like I never really uh, have worked on a track like that so I'm doing something like that right now and I'm having so much fun. It's 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 totally interesting to, to put cool. it together, and I'm going to share that um, eventually, maybe on YouTube as well. So, cool. Um, yeah, I'm also uh, working on some marketing material for a lo-fi collab that I did with one of the members, uh, David Fua, from the Academy, and um, that track is all finished. So right now, I'm, yeah, I'm just working on some marketing material, and I'm going to put all of the information that I've kind of gathered from Entrepreneur and from Andrew Southworth uh, regarding Spotify. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to, yeah, learn how to, you know, make, make Facebook ads or whatever and, and get it out and, and mm -hmm. see. I mean, they, these guys have just given me so much to think about. And um, yeah, I'm gonna put it all to the test and I'm gonna share those results. Uh, and the Barracuda method at the same time, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, of you course. Know? I'm gonna pitch it to uh, some editorial playlists as well. And, uh, you know, I'll, keep my fingers crossed there but uh, I think yeah I'm, I'm more excited to just kind of figure out how you know to kind of game the algorithm on Spotify and see if it goes anywhere I'm sure I, I mean I have so much to learn but I don't even think of it as gaming <clears throat> it I just think of it as as doing marketing and so I don't yeah. see any, any reason why not why not tell everybody it's available and where they can find it and 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 put ads out yeah. to interested parties I, I don't see anything gaming about you know gaming any kind of system about that I mean you're actually just trying to well what I mean just, when I say gaming you know, the algorithm is that is I'm basically yeah like try, through you know paid and organic uh, adver advertising, putting it out there on YouTube or and, and doing all the things, yeah, Instagram, it. all that kind sure. of stuff. You're trying mm -hmm. to like kind of bump the the amount of attention it gets in a short period of time right after sure. the release. And that but tells it's no different than that tells Spotify that, you know, that, hey, people are interested in this track. Like, let's push sure. it out further so then it gets onto release radar and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's all I mean by, by gaming it. But I, I still don't think that's that. I think that's nothing but marketing. Labels do that with every single release. They spend money making sure that everybody knows about it. Movies do it. When they put a new movie out, they spend millions and millions upon millions marketing that movie. So you'll if if you don't know Thor has got a new movie coming out, you 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 haven't been looking at any screen because it's everywhere, and uh, I'm just saying that Marvel is great at really pushing their movies. There's no wonder everybody goes to see it because it's pushed to you, it's advertised to you, it's you know there's ads going on all the time about it, and guess what? We want that, and I think that's very important for people to be able to find and listen to music. Shoot, I wish more of my, the music that I wanted was 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 uh, 
suggested to me, like sometimes it is in Spotify or things like that. So yeah, well, I, I see mar- it th- marketing I awesome. to please the algorithm gods so that it does mm-hmm. get suggested more sure. often to more people. I guess that's the that's the trick. And um, I got so much to learn in that department. So I'm, I'm excited to finally start putting it to, uh, you know, to in cool. practice. And, and yeah, I'll, sh- I'll share that with uh, with the academy with youtube with the with the podcast and everything i'll let you know how that goes i'm sure it'll be a uh, an uphill battle um yeah my first artlist original track is about to come out i think they're releasing it on july 4th actually which is um independence day down in the states um that'll be exciting they have they put a little artwork together for it um cool. and their team is putting it out yeah so i'm going to pitch nice. that to uh editorial and that's going to be on do that art today. list it's going to be on art list yeah and then it's going to be on my spotify um, so they distribute it, but it shows up on my Spotify, and I'm assuming that it'll show up on Motion Array Originals as well. So speaking of Motion Array Originals, they have been less um, less in your face. Really, lately. that's yeah, interesting. They, I have, they're not on the. Uh, maybe they took some some of our comments to heart because they're not on the suggested list staff picks as much anymore, as, if at oh, all. That's interesting, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I would have seen them. Usually would see them on the top four or five of the, you know, somewhere in the top 10, you'd see a couple of them on the staff picks and you do not anymore huh. for about the last month or more. I've mm-hmm. just been kind of waiting for them to, to, to aggressively push the originals material more and more and more just because they well, own they it. Were. So they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell on Artlist which ones are, are original tracks and which ones aren't. So they don't they don't they don't mark it. But anyway, um, yeah. Lastly, I'm I'm also working on uh, the June challenge track for the academy. Uh, the challenge for this month is to get out of the comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. So um, I won't spoil it right uh, completely right now. But I'll uh, <laughs> I'm going to feature this track that I'm working on in my next live stream. Um, I don't know about this one. You did a polka, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, that would have been too easy. <laughs> I'm going out of my comfort zone. Oh, that's on right. You're Canadian. Time. I forgot. Let, Polka's let's big let's up just there. say I have I have several members in the academy who are located in Central or South America who are going to have something to say about, about oh boy. this one. They're going to okay. have something to say. Um, Stevie goes south of the border. <laughs> Stevie goes south. I have no Latin roots whatsoever. As you can clearly see, I have no Latin roots, so I have no business writing anything in that uh, vein. But um, my soon-to-be wife is half El Salvadorian, so there's. So there oh, well, there go. you go. She, well, she's going to help yeah, me a little by bit. proxy. <laughs> Speaking of my soon-to-be wife, I'm getting married in t- in two weeks here, so things awesome. are getting a little crazy. They're getting a little hectic up here. Um, uh, but yeah, everyone's getting married here, man. It's, it's crazy. Everyone's making up for uh, lost time. Yeah, down and, here too. Uh, we, we just came back from a wedding on Vancouver Island and we were both like pretty exhausted. <laughs> it was, it was pretty mental. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the summer. So my daughter is a photographer, a wedding photographer, and she is shooting and editing every single day of her life. And yeah, for what Disney. a time, what a time to be. And a photographer. so, uh, boy. Yeah. And so yeah, it's crazy right now. Everybody. Yeah, my sister's a wedding photographer as well, and she is absolutely slammed this mm-hmm. summer. So yeah. Well, um, I have um, I have been like you. I have been focusing a little bit more on writing and production and publication. Um, you know, as we talk about, that's one of our issues, right? Sometimes we just can't seem to <clears throat> find the time to do all the things that we want to do yeah. from a uh, writing perspective because we're busy running academies and teaching and doing other things to bring in income and all that kind of stuff. And when we're, we serve so many people through our YouTube channels and all those kind of things. But I have been uh, playing hooky a, a little bit from some of that. I feel like I'm playing hooky. I guess I'm not. But because the, the YouTube channel, my teaching, none of that would work if I didn't Actually, I didn't write, music. write, yeah, totally, <laughs> and and produce music. So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, do a little bit more of that. So, I've got a lot of things going on that could possibly go to stock. I've got uh, my country album is really coming along and just about getting to the finish line. And I just talked to my library the other day, and they are they are waiting. Speaking of waiting with bated breath, they are really ready for it. Um, 
this is my BMG library and BMG has come to them and said, we need that stuff, especially, especially contemporary vocal stuff. And this is a contemporary vocal, uh, country album. So, um, trying to get that finished up. I got a lot of vocals in last week and I got three more that are in process and then I'll be able to deliver that and then move on probably to Christmas because that's the next big thing they need. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then finish up some hymns and percussion albums I've started over the past year or two and get those, those finished up for sync. So still also looking for that next, uh, push to try to find uh, more libraries and things like that. Um, I think I've talked, have I talked about my, uh, my, my German television show that I got on? I, ta- I think I to- told you Is about Is this something that, that you, you discovered on Toonsat? Yeah, I discovered on Toonsat that I've been on a show called <clears throat> Bauer sucht Frau, which means mean? f- farmer seeks wife. <laughs> and oh, nice. it's a reality show in Germany that, has been on since like 2009. It's in its 19th season, so oh, yeah. it's longer than 2009, but 2003 or something like that. And um, it's like uh, the Bachelor meets Farmer show, you know. And it, the, except the Bachelor is a farmer, and Sweet. so they used one of my songs, one of my pop songs, off of a, off of one of my um, libraries. Wh- which and library it, do you think this came in from? three albums? I, I know it came from my BMG library. Okay, okay. so. Um, yeah, they found it and they used it in three different episodes for about a minute and a half each. As a matter of fact, I put it on Instagram today. Do you think uh, there's any the, way to you could um, you could visually find this uh, episode? Like, uh, would it be on YouTube sure. or something like that? No, it's on YouTube. Yeah, you yeah. should um, you should feature that on on your YouTube channel. That's great, man. That's big news. Yeah, I did on Instagram today. As a matter of okay. fact, so if you go on the Positive Spin Songs <clears throat> Instagram, you'll see uh, my German reality TV show. I'll check that debut. out as we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's very cool. It's, it's cool to see. And not only with that, but with content ID, and we'll talk about it in a minute. It's cool to see how your music is used, mm-hmm. you know, and see when your, your music is used by somebody for a, for a use. And that, I just think that's really cool. And so, mm-hmm. uh, that happened and, and, you know, it's almost like, so you're saying there's a chance this could work. Yeah. <laughs> this whole sync licensing thing, you know. I, uh, so I, I had the same thing. I forgot to mention that in my weekly update too, is I, I, I found a, uh, one of my songs show up on like this talk show on like Fox Network uh, through TuneSat. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the, the show is. I'll have to like figure that out. But well, that came, that came from Artlist. Nice. So that's kind of interesting, you know. So does that go to your PRO though? I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they'll have to, to. I mean, it's, it's registered with SoCan, so I mean, if SoCan's collecting on it, then it'll it'll get collected. I, I don't know. Though. I have to look into it a bit cool. more. Well, as we as you <clears throat> as you may know, if you're listening or watching to this, this is licensing is one of uh, both of our our main pushes here and what we try to do, and uh, also I have also been getting some things ready for taxi I've about. Three, three to five songs I'm pitching this week, and then in the in the coming weeks, quite a bit more. They just happen to have a bunch of stuff come up that I have stuff for. And like I said, mm-hmm. as I promised in my campaign, my campaign promise was that <laughs> I was going to I was going to pitch um, a, a worthy amount of songs over the course of this year. Yeah, and then when I get ready to renew, I'll have um, you know data to back up without not doing anything. You know, the, one of the worst things that you could do when you're reviewing something is never to have used it. So, or yeah. and not have used it correctly. And so, as I said in my last uh, taxi video, I'm gonna really try, I was really trying this year to use it in the right way, pitch songs that really fit the briefs and or write for the briefs. So, as it, as it happens, these songs, a lot of these songs that I'm, I'm gonna submit were not written specifically for the briefs, but they fit it very, very, very well. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, when those things come out. Speaking of that, I didn't know if you if you've been watching, but they're awfully they're looking for a lot a lot of things from Canadian composers right now. Are you watching this? Are you seeing You mentioned this? that the other day. I did look I look I quickly looked through the briefs and I didn't notice, but I think I was looking through at the instrumental stuff. So I know. No, sure look at it's... everything. I don't think it's just instrumentals, but there's yeah. a lot from Can there's another thing today about Canadian composers. I wonder if that's so. just yeah, the Canadian libraries that are coming up and trying to figure you know, find con uh, CanCon, as they say here in Canada. Do not know. Do not yeah. know. 
Um, I'm also working uh, a little bit on trying to get more music published in a traditional way as far as sheet music. Trying to get more of my piano and my... I've been selling some um, on this uh, site called Arrange. Well, it's Sheet Music Plus and different sheet music sites, Sheet Music Direct or whatever. And these are websites where you can f go find arrangements. And some of my piano arrangements have been selling. And so I've also been starting to try to get some of my... Um, my uh, scores up there from my classical stuff and so I'm, I'm gonna work that a little bit more it's kind of like uh, what what you and I both are trying to do with Spotify right now is get that get that kind of rolling mm -hmm. I'm trying to get that rolling with my music publishing because there are people believe it or not still looking to buy sheet music so if you are a composer if you are a piano uh, composer especially or arranger then uh, there are sites out there to sell sheet music and you sell them more than a dollar. I'm telling you, it's not just like 99 cents downloads or whatever. You could sell it for three to five to 10 to $15, depending on how you know intense the arrangement is. Mm -hmm. If you've got many instruments and things like that. So I'm working on that. And then, like I said in the open, I launched my first uh, for sale ebook this, this uh, week and it's going pretty well. Um, I'm not you know, I don't shove anything down people's throats very much, but still, it's made a couple hundred bucks, which is kind of cool. And nice. um, it's something, as you know, I've been working on for a long time, and I finally released it. And uh, so that's that's uh, that's doing pretty good. And so again, that link is below. If you're interested, uh, you can look that up. And uh, today we start in MIDI at my school working with the students so they get to jump into midi and pro tools and then tomorrow we get into logic so yeah um yeah yeah it's gonna be a fun week and then uh clients are just coming out of the woodwork production wise right now on top of all this for some reason they're just popping up and so doing my best to serve them right but also uh, make sure I hand that work off as accordingly so I can continue to write and do all the things in my morning time and then keep my production business kind of operating um, as well. So yeah, a lot going on, but hey, better a lot than not enough. So Absolutely. That's true. All right. Yeah. So, well, let's, before we talk the whole hour, let's jump right into this list. We don't have to spend, a, you know, 20 minutes on each one and we won't be able to but um let's get the ones first ones are out of the way we've been talking about sync licensing since the start of this and uh again this is from a, an ebook i wrote called 50 ways to make music income i've kind of like combined a bunch of ways like all the artist stuff is kind of could be combined together and mm -hmm. um but let's start out with sync licensing i mean this is a no-brainer on this channel you know i talk about it all the time you know steve is very uh involved in trying to get more and more involved in sync licensing i think uh, i just had a great conversation with clint uh, anthony clint jr of clint music and that will be up a little later this week we we talk so much that we had to I had to separate it into different interviews, but I'm also on his channel right now. So if you go to his channel, you'll see a, a thing where we talk about where I am in sync licensing, which mm -hmm. was interesting to him because I'm in a different place than where uh, where he or Jesse or people like that are who are making their living off of it. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in a pre-money phase a little bit. So yeah, it's kind of kind of a cool place to be. So. Sync licensing, I think, certainly is number one what people on this channel want to know about, and uh, we we both hope that that becomes, you know, a, a rather large income for us. Yeah, we hope so. But number two seems to be at the moment one of the biggest incomes for for me. At least it's like us. It's number two, and that's something we talked about on the podcast where we were kind of giving our number one, our top fives, mm -hmm. um, and that's stock music licensing. So in yeah. the sense sync that falls under sync licensing, if you want yeah. to like, you know, uh, get, you know, uh, into the nitty, nitty gritty. But um, yeah, stock music licensing is, I guess, just the sales that we're making from royalty free libraries. And um, 
that's you know been it's been significant for me over the last years i think it's it, it's you know we talk about how that changes um it's mm-hmm. it's a very fluid um sort of market um and it's and it's changed so much with the uh, the rise of the subscription model um for most people it has changed for the worse unfortunately yeah. Um, and that's that's a reality that we're that we're all you know a lot of people are facing. Um, I've sort of transitioned from the you know getting the royalty payouts to to writing uh, for for commissions you know write directly for for payouts uh, and, and where I'm actually kind of selling the tracks mm-hmm. um, and I don't really have total ownership of them over them anymore. So it's that's sort of beyond stock music licensing income, but I still um, make a pretty decent chunk of cash from. Uh, from you know monthly uh, my monthly payouts from Motion Array uh, for example and I'm still getting downloads um, you know from, from Artlist and I still make um, some some money from from Audio Jungle and and Pond Five every once in a while too so um, it's still it's still a significant source of income um, but yeah you know obviously it's just changed a lot and over the last uh, year and a half two seems years. to be a bit of an up month in stock music for me at least uh, Is in it? general. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, not that that is uh, it would be in the same category as where you are usually, but um, I did get a song into their uh, into Motion Array's uh, pitch the other this month earlier this month. Oh, you for mean the patriotic like brief? music? Yeah, I okay. got a pitch in for the brief, and at least just one song because by the time I was going to pitch a second one, they were already closed. But right, yeah. They so I'm glad I saw it when I did. Yeah. Um, so I got that mm-hmm. in there. So I'm hoping maybe that might lead to uh, a little bonus this month. Mm-hmm. But even if it doesn't, it'll probably be my best month in uh, this year uh, so far, um, which is still not much for me, as I tell people, and I'm averaging somewhere around two fifty to three hundred a month. Uh, if it's a really good month, but that includes a lot of things, including content ID, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we talked about on this channel that gaming music, uh, writing music for games. We talk with Stephen Malin, and he has a whole book and and life and channel on making game gaming or music for gaming, especially two two D animated games and things like that but you can see that video uh on our channel just look for gaming music with stevie malin and uh that certainly is something that i know people are excited about to get in because it's been a very popular video for sure yeah yeah he also has uh, several courses on udemy um, I don't know if you're uh, anyone out there as a Udemy, Udemy users, but I I bought one of his courses ages ago just out of curiosity to see what it was uh, all about. And unfortunately, gaming, um, you know, music for gaming is just something that I know I, I have very little, you know, I have no experience in whatsoever. I've never uh, worked with a, a gaming developer, and I've never written music for a game. Um, I've never had put up any of my my music on game dev market or anything like that but these yeah. are uh this is a huge industry man you know and yeah. it's and it, i i don't know if i'm totally cut out to to write that style of uh, of music uh, but mm-hmm. it's something i'd love to explore um in the future but yeah man it's it's cool to hear what steve malin's been up to and he's been uh, he's been really successful at it over over uh, a lot of years he's done quite well for himself and i'm sure that there's um, other great game composers. I, I followed this. Um, I listened to this guy called Disaster Piece, which uh, he kind of blew up the gaming uh, music world, uh, you know, a few years ago. And he writes the coolest music, man. And he's really open about his process. He's he's had. There's a lot of videos you can uh, check out on YouTube of him talking about, uh, you know, the different software he uses, how he gets his sound. Uh, go check him out on Spotify. Really, really cool music. But um, he writes for a lot of like what you were saying, like you know, two two D. Uh, type of th- throwback kind of games. I don't know if you would call it throwback, but they're kind of. It's kind of like the subculture of like, of like you know, revisiting the the '90s world of of gaming, where it's like it was all 2D kind of kind of stuff. So there's a lot yeah. of that going on. There's a huge subculture of it right now. I'd like to get some of my piano music. He said piano music is really big on there, and I've right. got a ton of that. So I've yeah. considered doing that, but I'll have to do that in my spare time. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Because you know I have a lot of spare <laughs> <What's> time. Spare time? <laughs> All right, so exists. number four, really through number eight, is <laughs> artist stuff. And you know what? Yeah. This is the hardest sell on this channel. For a site called Make Music Income, selling people on being music artists is the hardest part of this channel. People just do not seem to react to artist things. Uh, even though the fact that you 
uh, on this podcast are an artist and and probably going to be doing artist things this summer, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I've been an artist before, and I know probably many of the people who are now getting into licensing, getting into stock music, whatever, were at one time doing gigs. Maybe it's that maybe it's that COVID like shut it all down, and so everybody is like really down on on mm-hmm. on, on being an artist right now, but. If you've ever been an artist and done a gig, it, you know the 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 way. It, you're paid immediately. You're paid that night for the gig, um, and you can sell products and make money that night. And so, you know, bars, coffee houses, churches. Reti- I know a guy who kills in retirement homes. He just goes around and does five retirement homes a month and makes a couple hundred bucks a pop. You yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. My lady uh, did, did uh, retirement homes. Like she she plays classical piano. My lady. Soon you'll just be able to say my wife. You won't I know, have I'm to waiting say, to say my, my wife, lady. But it's like, I should just say my wife. It's pretty much, <laughs> that's what it is at this point. My significant <laughs> my <lady>. other. It's <laughs> like from the 1800s here. My lady. <laughs> my lady. All right, well. I think artist gigs, uh, you know, and live merch goes along with that to have stuff that you can sell, T-shirts especially now or different things online. Um, artist streaming, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about streaming and figuring out how to, you were just talking about that earlier. How yeah. are we going to uh, take well, advantage and make more money with streaming? Yeah, man. Well, yeah, live gigs is, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be a thing. Um, I mean, I just came back from playing a wedding this last weekend and it was, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I could tell you that, you know, some of the biggest payouts that we've ever had, um, I've ever had as a live performer, I've been from weddings, although this last mm-hmm. weekend, uh, I didn't get any money. I wasn't asking for any money. This is, this is for, uh, one of my oldest friends. Um, so I was just there to uh, entertain cool. and, and, you know, I got paid in just a beer and great food and, and good times. So, uh, it, it, but it, I mean, food. yeah, man. And it was, it was awesome. Um, but man, it was just such a good feeling to, to have people gather in, you know, in this small space and just have a great time. And, um, man, I just can't say enough about it. It's just such a magical experience. You know, it's, if you're not doing it for money, just make sure you're doing it to have a great time. And, and like it, it yeah. really reinvigorates the soul to do these yeah. kinds of things. And, uh, yeah, it's funny, you know, after being removed from it for, for so long, I, um, it's almost kind of nerve wracking. It's like, you know, I, I kind of lost all the anxiety about performing and stuff uh, because I was doing it so often back in the day. And, and then I felt kind of like really nervous going up on stage and performing in front of people on Saturday night. But uh, man, that's kind of that's the kind of stuff that makes you feel alive. You got to do it. Um, and it, it really inspires everything else. Uh, that you do um, musically as well. So, and and not only that, but it it provides what we call the long tail um, as an artist with your with your income. So if if we want music income, you go to gigs and you sell stuff there, and you get paid to do it. And then there is that audience who saw you, and they saw you one time, and maybe you hand out. Maybe you sell CDs, but maybe you, sell, you just give away cards or you give cards away or T-shirts or whatever. or whatever. It's got your, you know, your uh, QR code on a T-shirt or, or a website. But that brings in more long tail of streaming, more long tail of downloads, more long tail of artists, of online merch that people can get physical mm-hmm. and digital. And so it kind of like it, it, it I, and I've, I've seen this happen and I've heard artists say that the more I gig, the more I sell online. It's crazy, but those two things do go together because people see you and they want to hear more of you, and so they go home and they start streaming, they start downloading or whatever. So that's why I, I include all these as separate incomes, but they're all kind of kind of different. They're all kind of um, different, but the same, and they're attached to you being an artist. And yeah. I really think that people who are doing sync licensing and stock licensing, if you are not also turning that around into artist type stuff that you can put on your Spotify and all that, you're really missing an opportunity and putting on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So not everybody wants to 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 get into the live music thing, but if you can, then you should. I think that you should. You know, well, I'm not always talking about being a live artist. I'm just talking or about just being having an artist, an artist okay. brand. Yeah, well, and, I, I push that all the time, and I totally agree with you. I just think that it's just something that we should we should all be thinking about because it's like I've said a million times. It's just the only thing that you can really leverage over time. And it's like if you're just mm-hmm. anonymous, then it's it's like you just it has less intrinsic value i think you know you really want to um 
being an artist is like you're selling you're selling yourself you're selling your personality and and your and what's what's unique and special about you and i think that that's something that you really have to pay attention to as you know cuz like you don't want to just be the anonymous stock music artist. It's, it's. I had a new single launch today, and they sent me a cute. Uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Distrokid sent me a cute little picture of it on a cassette. So I'm going to put that out. It's this ECX uh, e- ECX music brand that I just am starting. It's I been, like I like those little I've, templates that they give you where you put you put your thing on the billboard. <laughs> yeah, they put it on different things, and they sent me today a thing a picture of a cassette with it on there. It's really cool, which per- works perfectly because this is kind of a of a of an old school lo-fi ish type of song. So yeah. Um, so number nine I have here is music royalties. And inside music royalties, I think we can go ahead and split out different ones, like um, the royalties from getting songs on the radio, which would be paid then to your PRO, or getting songs on television through sync, or getting songs on television in any way, or on stage if you're in classical. If you're a classical mm-hmm. uh, composer and you get stuff on a stage, especially at a larger venue, you get paid by your PRO. A lot of people don't know that. Oh yeah, this is this is something actually I never even mentioned. Is that um, before COVID hit, uh, we would go and play these festivals. Uh, they and some of the festivals that we did, like I, that I played with um, one of the electronic acts that I, I I performed with, were in the you know thirty thirty thousand plus like audiences, huge huge, and so. Um, if when you perform your original material to uh, an audience that big, you can actually send that to your PRO and they calculate a, a payout of, you know, performance royalties based on um, how many tickets were sold at this event. Um, and you can make royalties by just performing your own music to people. And uh, this yeah. is this is something that I, you know, that I sent to them retroactively after years of performing my own material mm-hmm. to um, to to festivals. And I got a big payout for that. Um, I mean, even like festivals that are, you know, like even if you're playing to an audience of 100 you know, to, to 500 people, I mean, it all counts. Uh, so mm-hmm. venues, venues have to pay fees to performance royalty uh, association or um, to, to companies. That's part of the. Yeah. It's part of the, their deal. So ven- if all venues do that. So you can you can log this information and send it to your PRO. Absolutely, and then we have uh, royalties from sync licensing, which uh, can be paid by your publisher, by your PRO, mm-hmm. or your music library, which can pay you sync payments, or um, let's let's say even um, sync uh, from stock music, which pays you stock sync licensing payments, basically, and. The thing we've been hinting at talking about all day, which is content ID, which is uh, re- which basically is royalties for getting it on YouTube uh, mm-hmm. behind someone's video. And this is a relatively new one, but it's starting to be something. I'll tell you what, it's already paid me more this year than BMI has paid me. <laughs> and uh, so let's go ahead and talk about that. So we, Steve and I both have um, registered with Identify uh, with two Ys, and uh, yeah, what's been your what's been your experience so far? We've we've got well, through like, one. Like I mentioned, the first quarter. statement was uh, was you know basically nothing. It was three cents, um, and I think that what's happening is that identify it just takes it takes a while for it to get going because it's you know it's scanning just this ridiculous amount of content for one thing. Um, anyway, my uh, one of my tunes showed up. Okay, so I, I made ten bucks on this last statement. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, 10 bucks is a lot better than three cents. Is that for March? Yeah, yeah, for March, I guess. That's the last statement, okay. right? Um, and uh, yeah, I was like, I was. I mean, I wasn't so excited, much excited about the money, but I was kind of excited about like, where's my music showing up, you know? Because it's so cool that they show you where the, the it's The happening. actual video. Yeah, so yeah. like, so my music, my tunes are showing up in, uh, they're, they're mostly coming from Motion Array. Uh, for one thing, and they're showing up in these like uh, gaming videos, and f- uh, most of this is is like you know non English speak like you, like uh, there was a couple of uh, gaming videos that were like Chinese. I think one is like from uh, Middle East somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't understand anything that they were saying, but they're basically playing video games, and the music is is going on in the background while that while they're playing and t- and chatting about it. And one of these videos had like like you know 1.5 million views on it and i was like oh my god that's like that's it's huge and i was like i can't believe these guys aren't aren't like you know like 
claim like I'm, i can't believe they're not going through the process of like monetizing these videos and there's so many views on them um and uh yeah you know it, it what it kind of bummed me out because i realized that if i had jumped on the content train a uh, content id train earlier then i would have gotten the full payout for all those that those millions of views um, but instead i think what happened is that identify is is late to the party and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't give you money retroactively for for views it just starts at a certain point when there's probably already a million views so what identify logged was is like that you know they logged like about 3000 or 3 to 5000 views uh, but in fact the video itself had like 1.5 million so you can just imagine what my payout would have been had i just gotten on this train like like 6 months earlier you know it's kind of annoying so how but how did you find out where it was from in the license to thing um, is that how you found I don't know, it I'd out have to, i'd have to open it up um i can't do okay because i'm looking at one that i just don't know it says it was claimed by hawk which is identify mm -hmm. but it doesn't on behalf of me but it doesn't say who it's also reporting to bmi by the way oh yeah um i don't know oh, cool. but anyway i i have a similar one and that that one right now has 580,000 views. Is since that the December. one with like the weird spiders the and spiders the stuff? and everything? Yeah. That's gross. And the music fits it perfectly because it's creepy music <laughs> it's so, and it's a creepy video. It'll creep me out. Don't watch it. <laughs> well, I don't care. I don't have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I've seen some other ones and it's really cool. I mean, the other ones are like six cents, two cents. So, like, yeah, most of them like are like yours. that. Most of them are just a few cents. But this one I've earned. Well, uh, so far I've earned a total of personally $63 and 86 cents awesome. from it. So, um, so yeah, for the year so far, I'm up to 60, 60 or 70 bucks, uh, for, mm -hmm. from content ID. <clears throat> so I figure, man, if you could keep that up and this video continues, I've, I've tracked it this month. It's had, it's had close to 70, 60 or 70,000 views this month. Yeah. So it's still client. It's still uh, building up those. I don't know. It said fifty thousand views in March. So I'm guessing it's going to be about that for the next few months. Now yeah. I still don't, didn't make enough to get paid, and neither did you. So we won't be paid for that first quarter. That's right. Because it's a hundred bucks. So, um, but you know, it's it's starting to at least show that it's going to bring something in. And so as far, long as it's going up, I'm stoked. You know, it's like it could take years before it, it will be, to get, be my number two source of income from stock music by the end of the year, for sure. If it could, even if it just continues to be awesome. 60 bucks, you know, it, it really, it really makes me realize that I just got to be more prolific and put more material up on Motion Array because it's like, it's really not about the, uh, it's really not about the payouts from Motion Array. If it's, it's just the amount of exposure it gets from Motion Array. I mean, so many people are downloading it, um, you know, every month that it's bound to, to land on a video that just gets a lot of views, yeah. you know? So, well, and, and, and it, it's again, all of these things, <clears throat> sync licensing and stock licensing, and then turning those around and also putting those on Spotify and also turning around and putting those on content ID. All of these things can bring more and more income. And you're, you're a, probably the most perfect example of that just because you, not just because you go out and do gigs, but because you also really run this as an artist, you're going to be doing the Spotify thing. You're already got the Artlist kind of thing, which Artlist is kind of like tied in with artists as much as it is authors totally. or composers. Yeah, totally. And so I think everybody should be kind of looking at you, especially as a as someone who who does the artist thing along with being a composer thing all, all at the same time. Now I do too, but mine go into so many different brands and go so many different places that it's, it's hard to, it's, it would be harder for, for people to do what I do. But for people like you who are, are talented composer slash guitarist, whatever, uh, I think that they definitely could do, um, you know what you're doing. All right, so uh, let's move on to number 10 since we've only got 20 more to do, no big deal. Um, music <laughs> production work, I think everybody needs to be using more of their time and skills that they put into stock music licensing, sync licensing, all that kind of stuff. You're mm -hmm. learning all these skills. You need to, to be putting a business card out and a website out and bringing in production work. 
Um, I, I think it's just one of those things that can bring you income. Steve and I both do it for clients, and it's both a big part of how we pay the bills. And so it allows us to uh, play around with all these new music income possibilities. And it's okay if they're 60 bucks because we are making thousands of bucks from our our work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just did a remix. Uh, well, I just did, yeah, a mix for somebody. Um, and I did a live over Zoom. Um, talked through my process, shared it on the Academy. And it was, uh, yeah, there's something I don't, I'd like to get more into, you know, doing like mix work, like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, and doing sessions, one-on-one sessions with people. I mean, people love that kind of stuff. Um, I think there's yeah. a big market for it. Kind of got to put yourself out there with like like everything else. And like you know, like you said, you got to you know make a business card, make a make a website, um, put you put the word out. But um, certainly a lot of work in that field if you want to get after it. And going along with what we've talked about earlier, being a music composer and a music arranger, that's another two things to do, and they're completely different. I mean, I think of myself as both, but they're 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 the same, but they're different. I mean, uh, under my composing, I'll put my arrangements because if I do an arrangement of a Mozart tune or I do a rearrangement of a Bee Gees song or something, that's that's me as an arranger. But I'm also mm-hmm. kind of composing. Uh, the the arrangement of the 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 new version and stuff like that and I and again as I talked about um, you could be and as a composer you could be composing for events you can compose uh, for people's lyrics you can compose for your dog <laughs> you can yeah. compose for weddings I'm sure I don't know if you played anything original at the wedding or anything like that but did, yeah. you could if somebody <clears> could say and I've been gosh I've written tons of wedding songs where people say would you write a song for our wedding and I'd, I wrote one for one, <laughs> my first wedding not the second one first one only um, but uh, that and that really worked out well um, you can be an arranger for uh, a full-time arranger for uh, for a composer as like an assistant as well um, yeah. I, I watched a great talk by Jeff Russo who's uh, he did all the uh, he, he's a great film composer and um, oh yeah he, he had a, uh, I think what, what's the name of that uh, Fargo he, he wrote all the music for Fargo and he's he's done tons Emmy of great shows he did I, I'm pretty sure he did X-Files too I think all that's those Mark something Mark Snow isn't that oh Mark you're Snow? right you're right you're right, you're right. Um, anyway the, but I, so I watched Jeff do a, a great talk yeah. and he and he has a team behind him and he's got like he had this full-time arranger right so he he would write all these ideas he's like the ideas guy and mm-hmm. he has this arranger who kind of like arranges it for orchestral uh, performances in a way that he just doesn't have time to do because you can't as a composer when you're working on on a big uh, you know, production like that, you can't be the everything guy. You have to have yeah. somebody mix it for you. After somebody arrange it for mm-hmm. you, um, sure. otherwise it's just it's just an enormous amount of work for one person. So that's something that you can get into. And I, I know that a lot of uh, you know professional composers have these assistants who do the mixing and the arranging for them. I had a partner who um, I did a whole album called Orchest- Orchestronic Stories, um, and a lot of that has become uh, signed to some different licensing companies, but. Um, yeah, I would write the song and then send it to him to add on orchestral arrangements to right. it. And and so, and he has done hundreds of those for me and mm-hmm. made lots of money from clients uh, that I've I've sent those to him. Um, you know, and there and there are things that are probably less sexy uh, as far as being as as far as making money in music. And one of those things is instrument repair, sales of instruments, remodeling. Um, I would probably put under this selling. Things online. I always, uh, I always wanted to be a luthier. That would that would have been cool. I'd love to to be a craftsman like that. That's such a cool thing to do. I, one thing I did recently, and I would love to do it more once I have time, is is to is to buy. I, I bought an old piano a few <clears throat> years ago for thirty dollars, and I totally remodeled it into basically a desk. And it was a like a it was perfect for a workstation, like mm-hmm. a computer speakers and and keyboard, and so I made it an old 1953 cable piano into uh, a piano a keyboard desk, cool. and somebody bought it for like 500 bucks. I sold it for 500 bucks. I there bought it for 30 dollars and refinished it. So, <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's a nice kind of side hustle or hobby. Kind of exercises different muscles and kind of gets you out of the studio a little bit. So it's kind of fun. 
Um, Flipping musical instruments, that's another kind of weird There thing. you go. My friend mm-hmm. does it all the time, and he makes so much money. It's ridiculous. I've I always get mad. He always tells me. He's like, I picked up these two Ju- uh, original Juno synths for, you know, like a thousand Don't bucks. Don't tell and it. And then he sells it for like 5000 I'm like, are you serious? This Jeez. is probably next. I bought it recently, and it's probably going to be next to go. And, I'm, yeah, you could probably flip it. I, I, well, I will. I'll get, I'll get another 88-note thing. I just will. Um, I'll just sell it. Yeah. Um, also, uh, speaking of that, uh, and, and the keyboard thing, I have a music uh, YouTube <clears throat> channel that, that just talks about keyboards and, and stuff like that. And as you know, I have this channel, and I have other channels. And I think, you know, you could, and I know a lot of people make their own mu- YouTube channels and put their music up on YouTube channels. Yeah. And I know you've been uh, working on getting your personal music and everything up on a music did you get that all worked out? To I figure did. That all out? <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for the help on that. I, I I did get it worked out, and um, it's being it's in the process of being molded. Like all my uh, the topic channels being uh, yep. integrated with my personal artist channel, and I actually released a short on my uh, nice. on my on my official YouTube artist channel uh, the other day. You can check that out. Just type in Stephen Bedell. You'll you'll find it. Um, and yeah. Music yeah, I think, YouTube is, you know, a, a lot of the videos that are getting tracked from mine are off of my music channels. Right. So while I don't think that making a YouTube music channel so that you can get content ID money is probably the best bet, who knows? You could be one of those producers who produces music and puts it up on your own YouTube channel and gets thousands of tens of thousands of views on videos. I've seen it happen yeah. with different uh, people. So uh, it's certainly something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you could be an influencer on Instagram or TikTok. I didn't write TikTok down, but you know, I think both of those are things that can build a brand. Uh, it could be a teaching brand, could be just a music brand. You see lots of people, uh, Dan Barracuda does a lot of videos um, just featuring his guitar playing and does very well at building that up. Totally. Can, and <clears throat> totally, I know people. several people who are Instagram uh, Influencers and like I one one dude I I know he's a he's a guitarist he's an amazing guitarist and he's got like got like thirty forty thousand followers on Instagram now and he makes money man just doing um uh, just doing um what do you call it uh, affiliate work you know what I mean yeah just affiliate marketing you yeah. just put those links up and people will get those all right podcasting certainly we like to podcast we are doing it right now and um. I thought it was kind of dead years a couple of years back, but I, it's kind of like I, I should flipped. I should disclose that like I think you know looking back on our original conversations about this podcast, I think I cast a little bit of doubt about about whether it would get out there because I was kind of convinced that it was dead too, but it is not dead, man. It, it's still it's still out there, and people discover us through through Spotify, and I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh, really? Like there's it came up as a recommended. Uh, thing in, in Spotify for some for some folks and like they I always figured that people came through YouTube strictly but it's not actually the case I will get in my car in about 20 minutes and drive and listen to two or three podcasts on my way to to work every day and that's what I do I I, I and on the way home I'll listen to sports podcasts on the way home and I just I'm hooked on hooked on the, the I mean it's great to listen to it's 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 yeah. When you don't want to listen to music, it's something that you know you can really uh, dig into. And I, so I have, I have at least twenty programs. It's kind of like my YouTube channel. I have you know all these podcasts I have to kind of listen to every week and hear yeah. what's going on and or be inspired or uh, there's all sorts of and listen to sports talk whatever. And uh, so yeah, podcast is is a big deal. And while we haven't necessarily monetized this uh, podcast with ads or anything like that, and I'm not sure if we will or what, what the future for that is, but we certainly use it uh, as marketing for our channels and things like that. But exactly, um, yeah. uh, it's it's fun to do, and, it, and it's the way we can keep current on everybody current on what's going on with us and all that kind of stuff. Totally, yeah. Um, you know what else you could become? You could become a, a music sync, sync agent. I just talked with a guy recently, and I, I asked him, I said, "Have do you do the library thing or do you do the sync agent thing? Because, you know, in licensing, there's really, it seems like there's two paths. You either become like a full-time 
uh, persons putting your stuff into the libraries like I do, or you become kind of like Tamara Bubble, where you are basically a sync agent. You're not fooling around with libraries. You're going right to the source, but you've got hundreds of sources. Mm -hmm. And so every time you put out a new song, you're putting it out to all these music supervisors and stuff. So that's called kind of being a sync agent. You can be your own music marketing company and spit your music out every time it comes out. Tell you uh, get an email list going and tell that email list and and let the world know and uh, they're always looking for new artists and bands and stuff like that and so yeah. uh, if you can if you can make those relationships it takes a little bit of networking and all that kind of stuff yeah you, but, I think you have to have like a lot you have to be the connector you're the yeah. connecting point for a lot of things and I think if you, you'll find that a lot of the agents uh, like music agents like you know booking agents for example come from the band world like they were previously touring and they built up relationships with with people uh, you know in in the industry and they kind of they they go from being in a band to being the the, the connector person that's what a, an agent really is so if you if you are the can if you know a lot of people and you've built you know connections uh, in in the sync industry then you could uh, easily kind of become a sync agent probably uh, this is actually something I do a little bit I don't right. I don't think of it this way but I, I have a lot of my clients that I've shifted into into the thinking of of, of licensing so they're no longer just trying to do their own music. They're doing their own music and trying to license it with me. So in some ways, I'm acting as their sync, mu sync agent into these libraries mm -hmm. uh, and other opportunities. So um, yeah, it, it, and, it, and it, they pay me monthly to do this work for them. So right. you know, something to think about. All right, so I'm going to lump a lot of things into teaching. Um, as, as, as you may know, I'm now doing some teaching at a local recording school, and that is a nice, consistent income. But there's other things you can be teaching, including good old-fashioned lessons. Steve did it until just recently. Yeah, I just right. taught my last guitar lesson uh, two weeks mm -hmm. ago. I know, so sad. Yeah, I, I taught my last piano lesson about three weeks ago, it looks like. I, I kind of have stopped doing that just because of time yeah. only. You know, that those hours, uh, if you spend an hour with someone, even if it's half hour, it takes an hour to get through it. Dude, and that is so true. It's so true. It's just, it is so much more work than you think it is. <laughs> it's just, especially if you're like my, I'll say my wife. My wife goes to her her students' houses, right? Like she's that's a specialty thing. Like she actually travels to their houses, and it's just the amount of time and gas and uh, and the work that goes into it is is, is significant. You know, she charges she charges a lot more, uh, but it's a lot of work, man. So there are lots of lessons you can do. Certainly, instrument lessons, uh, also vocal coaching. Um, is a very big thing. I think this is kind of yeah. tricky. This can lead singers down wrong roads sometimes, depending on if they are a pop singer and they get trained by a classical trained vocal coach. Get into but performance coaching too? Performance, I didn't even put that down. Performance yeah. coaching, uh, composition. I kind of would usually teach composition alongside piano a little bit and try to get people to, to write some. But mm -hmm. uh, music theory, I usually teach that as part of, obviously as part of piano lessons, but uh, music history. I love talking about that, and that can be another thing that you teach. Um, you know, music, studio music production, of course. That's what the academy. Yeah, is, you know, you're you're doing that now. You have a, t a full teaching academy just on music production, and so, uh, and you can always find that link below in all of our podcast and videos um, to the Production Music Academy and uh, studio building. You know, this is this is something that, that cool. is. Is a big is a big deal in a lot of cities, especially like Nashville. You have people who know how to treat rooms and yeah, right. hook people up with the right soundproofing and and the right kind of equipment and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's big business. Yeah. So if you're skilled at that kind of stuff and you're a geek for gear and geek for sound, you might want to look into that as to make some extra money. And then and that goes along with studio gear training, training people how to use that gear uh, on an hourly rate. So there's lots of ideas there inside of teaching. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ideas, eight with music composition. So that's an eight for one right there. Nice. Um, you know, uh, one, one thing I'm doing right now is hiring a bunch of online musicians and singers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> site, that industry has called, never been bigger. That's yeah. it's huge right now. There's a site called soundbetter.com that I'm using to find a lot of pro singers. Totally. You can also use Fiverr or other places. 
and you can work right from home with your vocal rig and so, do some of the sing. some of the these these guys on sound better man like they're they're next level yeah, they're amazing i've yeah. actually talked to quite a few uh people that are um working with artlist that have hired uh, musicians like singers uh from sound better and man it is is a pretty cool site it's going to be it's going to be a little expensive to to work with like you know um so, some of these top tier people but uh, well it's like I talk about. I'll I'll hire a singer sometimes for two fifty at the low end a lot yeah. of times, and that's a work for hire. Right. And so, um, but they'll do vocals and lead and background vocals kind right. of both. Yeah. And uh, work with you till it's right and all that kind of stuff. So right. I'm I'm in the middle of some of those right now. Yeah, two fifty would be a bargain if you get the right vocalist. You know, if, for a pro, for a, yeah, for a I think so. For Especially hire. who's Absolutely. a work for hire, they get nothing more, even exactly. if the song does well, whatever. Yeah. Okay, some other things I have on here is Top Line Writer. This is another thing that you'll find people are doing on Sound Better and things like that, where yep. they're writing a melody for you. You've got a track or a beat, as it's sometimes called, that's all the way, you know, a track all the way through, but you need the, uh, a the hook. And yeah. I'm, I'm having that done on a song with a client right now. We, we have just never come up with the right melody and hook and stuff for it. So we've kind of, it's kind of a spoken song, so we're giving it to a singer in Nashville and saying, hey, write a top line and then sing it, make it, you know, something that sounds good in your range and all that kind of stuff and then just do it. So right. that's something certainly that you can compose a melody and sometimes the lyrics too, uh, if it's, if it's you know, just a beat that somebody is sending you or a, a lyric, I mean, a, a, a track. So um, there's a few things inside uh, the church that you can do as f for income, uh, a day gig that I've done before, uh, mostly part-time, but it can also be full-time, is church music director. And this is a this is a big-time job. I mean, there's a lot of totally. moving parts uh, for each service that has to be put on every single week. And so uh, these are these are fifty to sixty thousand dollar jobs. These aren't. Uh, I mean, they can be less than that, and they can be more than that. But um, you know, they they. They are steady income. Um, some of you may be doing this now or, or have thought about it uh, or are possibly doing it. Other things where you can get paid in church is being a player, uh, being in a tech engineer, just I, running sound. Yeah, I got, I got a friend who's a full-time uh, tech for a church here in Vancouver, and uh, he makes a great salary, man, and it's a, it's a yeah. great job, great benefits. Uh, and, and a really awesome community of, of people that he works with. And uh, yeah, like I think I mentioned to you a few podcasts ago that I went to uh, one of the bigger churches downtown here in Vancouver. And I mean, dude, the, the tech setup they had was insane. Like this t amazing audiovisual tech um, setup. You know, they had multiple uh, different techs working at the, at the board and, uh, and, and controlling the, the uh, you know, <clears throat> just doing, the, doing everything that needed to happen during the service. And it's, it's like a big, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, I think we're probably getting kind of long here, so um, I, I will just, is there anything else you really want to, we have a list here that, anything else you want to speak on, or should we just have them go to the ebook or what from well, here? Well, def definitely check out the ebook. Um, yeah. I, I would say just one last thing, you know, to, to add to it would be, you know, um, if you're if you're interested in sound design, uh, that kind of stuff, you know, like selling, uh, you know, you know you know, there's a there's a big market for that. Uh, selling samples, uh, selling loops. Um, you know, I do this on productionmusictools.com. Uh, you can check that out. I mean, I, I sell MIDI packs. Uh, you know, just the type of things to to, to help uh, music producers kind of write tracks quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a I have a free uh, sample pack uh, that I give that I made myself and I give away uh, for free on my YouTube page. You can find that right the link to that right on the banner. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I make like I mentioned in, uh, in one of our last podcasts, I make a, a, a not a ton of money, but it's like a, it's a nice sizable amount of monthly income from from the, the sample packs and the MIDI packs that I make. So I think that I that's to add you know, that. Yeah, if that's something that uh, that interests you, then then you should you should go for it because I think that it is actually very helpful um, and useful for for a lot of uh, music producers out there. I I buy sample packs all the time, not even from Splice, uh, but uh, you know I I just bought like a drum sample pack. Uh, you know, and this is stuff that I get uh, advertised for, uh, advertisements for on Instagram um, all the time, and I'm like, whoa, that sounds cool. And uh, by the way, I finally did use. Uh 
my new Spitfire library, uh, Albion One, this Albion weekend. One? So, yeah, I'm nice. getting into it. I'm digging in and uh, like starting it? to use it a little bit, uh, probably following a taxi brief, actually. And oh, nice. uh, I, I just wanted to find something to do. And so, I, you know, again, I think uh, even if you're not part of taxi, going to their site and just looking at what they're looking for and going, hmm, that might be good, fun to do. Uh, but I am, I, I so I kind of do that if I don't have an idea, but I knew I, I wanted to get into this certain kind of software or something. But uh, all that said, uh, I think that's that's going to be a wrap for today's show. That's a lot. And we've talked about a lot. Again, there are more, more, more. than that. Yeah, it goes up to more. 50. So go down below and check out 50 Ways to Make Music Income. I'll put that in this week's description and podcast uh, notes. And you can look that up. That's absolutely free. Just go down there and get that and uh, get Steve's free sample packs as well. And uh, all of our links are below. As usual, thanks so much for listening to this long, usually, you know, <laughs> rambling from two guys, but we hope it helps that you find ways to make more music income. That's, that's what this, my particular channel is all about, is helping you make music income and figuring out ways that it can help you um, with your life, whether you make it full time, part time, or hobby time. It doesn't matter. Yeah, check out those links below. Grab Eric's ebook, and uh, yeah. Oh we yeah, will get the new ebook. Yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, bye. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy, and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.